go to the garden alone. Sometimes we can be in a place like this and feel alone. But the Lord is here. He wants to minister to your heart personally, individually, even in a place like this where there's so many people. He knows our every need, every one of us. We pray that the Lord tonight would have his way in each heart here, including mine. We're going to look at a godly example tonight. We're going to start in, in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 26. Luke 1, 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. We learn, as we read in the Gospel of Luke, that Mary was devout. We understand that she's espoused to Joseph, and that she's a virgin, and that she's been visited by an angel. That's pretty impressive so far. Not a bad start. We know that she was young. Most would say she was in her early teens, 14, 15 years old. And uh, so we know she's young, and yet she is very devout, understands God's word very well, which we are going to learn here shortly. I'm going to continue. Uh, I'm not going to read everything the angel had to say because we hear that Christmas time a lot, and um, I'm looking at the clock a little too. So we're going to move on to 38, verse 38. And Mary said, so the angels told her that she's going to bear a child. And there's a lot of things that go along with that. And she says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. We find right here that she's, she submits to the will of God. That's the first example we want to pay attention to. There's a submission here. And when we talk about submitting to God, sometimes we say, you just must simply submit to God. And that's, that's uh, maybe something we need more careful what we say. Usually when there's a submission to God, there's a, there's a price. There's a cost. There's things that we have to give up. Certainly when we submit to God, we're submitting our will to God's will, our purpose to God's purpose. Our future to God's future. Uh, there's a lot we give up when we submit. Mary was faced with some things when she submitted to this plan. Uh, it was very possible that she would lose her husband. She would lose Joseph in this scenario. She did not know that there was an other angel talking to Joseph too to make sure he was on the plan too. She didn't know about that. She was most likely going to be ostracized because she was pregnant before she was married. She could have been stoned. Old Testament penalty for fornication was stoning. Certainly, 
anyone that found out she was pregnant would want to stand back. And so she, she, she knew she would be alone. And for a young person, that's not easy. Young people are social. Well, we're all social. She was at that point in her life where she probably was trying to figure things out. Who she was, what she would be. This was quite, quite an awesome task that was put in front of her. We're going to move a little farther in the book of Luke. Let's find uh, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. This was Mary speaking to Elizabeth, and she's prophesying. She's preaching. We understand that she understands and is very familiar with the scriptures. She testifies about God's greatness, about his goodness, about his mercy, about his character, his might. But it doesn't stop here. So we have, we have Mary speaking to Elizabeth and, and, and telling her how, how wonderful the Lord is. And she's excited about the fact that she's carrying Jesus. And just as excited that Elizabeth is carrying a child as well. We're going to move to chapter 2, though. And we're going to start at 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. A little further down, 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace 
according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. A little farther, 46. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Three separate occasions. Two very early on. And this last one, Jesus was old enough to be in the temple. And she's pondering. They're marveling. She is able to really take all this in. She doesn't understand it all yet. I remember being in a gospel meeting for the first time. I didn't understand anything. But as I, as I listened to everything, as I listened to testimony specifically, but then I heard the preaching of the word, I, I, I marveled at what I heard. I wanted to believe what I was hearing. But I, I just pondered. I marveled. I did, I did kind of like what, what Mary did here. And, and we might find ourselves in that same place sometimes. And eventually she came to a point where she began to meditate on all these things. And, and she was very thoughtful. We don't see her saying much. But we know that she raised Jesus. I can imagine she saw a lot of things. She's a first-hand witness of a lot of miracles. I'm sure there were things that occurred in his childhood that were just had her scratching her head. Some would say that these were coincidences, but she knew there was something to this all. She remembered the visit from the angel. She was trying to put two and two together, but until she could, she wanted to just consider everything and allow, allow the Lord to help her understand what, she, what was going on and, and what was next. She responded with humility. And she certainly saw Jesus uh, react and act in ways that just didn't seem the same as others. Which brings us to the book of John, chapter 2. Book of John, chapter 2. Here, as many will say, this is the first recorded miracle of Jesus. By the way, Mary speaks in this account. I have a feeling it's not the first miracle. It's just the first recorded miracle. So let's take a look at 
chapter 2. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now there's a mother for you. I always find this interesting. Jesus is the Son of God, but Mary's still his mom. She, she has, she has, she's decided this is the time, and he's saying no, and she says, whatever he says, do it, and she walks away. You gotta love that. She believed. She's beginning to see who this is and what, what's going on here. We have to come to a point where we believe. We have to come to a point where we don't just believe that there is a higher power, but there is a creator, God of heaven, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We must believe. Each one here must believe. Mary believed. It was uh, the first recorded miracle. And we can thank Mary for prodding Jesus along there a little bit. Give him the boost he needed. A lot of time passes. We don't see a lot about Mary. We're going to look at John 19 now. At this point, we don't hear much said of Joseph. It is assumed that he died at some point, and she's a widow. This is a very different circumstance. Jesus has been brutalized, almost to the point of not being recognized. And now he's on the cross. We're on... 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. We must believe, but we must all go to the cross. We will never understand the joy and the peace and we'll never understand the forgiveness of God unless we go to the cross. Mary couldn't say, well, I'm his mom. That was, even for Mary, that was not enough. Mary had to go to the cross. And Jesus... Uh, just as he was on that cross, still loved his mother dearly, and even in his agony, made sure she was taken care of before he left. When Jesus therefore saw his mother 
and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Being a widow, she would need to be taken care of by someone. It's interesting that he didn't choose one of his own siblings, but John. This example of Mary, hopefully, you know, as I pondered, this has been going on since actually Christmas time. I started seeing how she was pondering in her heart and marveling at things. And then I started to look farther to see what can we learn from Mary? She was humble. She was humble. She pondered these things. She allowed God to help her. She meditated on things. She understood the Bible. In Timothy, we read that we're supposed to study to show ourselves approved. We need, we need to understand the God, God's word as well as she did. Now, when Jesus passes and it's risen again, Mary was involved in all these things as well. But then Jesus ascended and he made it clear that everyone wants to tarry until they receive power. Let's look at that. Acts. We heard a little bit about this on Friday. Verse 8, chapter 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So they went to Jerusalem in verse uh, 14. It says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplications with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Another display of humility. She didn't take a leadership role. She didn't try to usurp authority because of her status as his mother. She humbles herself, and she simply obeys Christ's commandment. No privilege, no stature, just humble obedience. The world would say that who you know matters, or what you do matters, or how much you make matters, or where you are in the standing of your company matters. Don't listen to the world. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you're ready to go to heaven. What matters is that you've been to the cross. What matters is that you obey the word of God. What matters is that you meditate on his word. What matters is that you're willing to submit your life to the will of God. That's what matters. Mary gives us a, a perfect example of how to do these things and, and does it so humbly and yet so willingly. We never see complaint. Even when she's 14 years old, if there's questions, she asks very simple questions. 
But she never questions whether she should do it or not, even. This angel is here for a reason. I'm not going to argue with an angel. I mean, she wasn't stupid. I mean, we're thankful that for examples like this, but we want to take these things and understand that we can apply them to our own lives. We, we want to understand that in this world today, everything we see Mary do is the direct antithesis of what the world would tell you to do. It's the exact opposite. We want to be sure that we understand the real, these are the basic things in the gospel right here. We want to obey God's word. We need to submit our will. As we heard Friday night, that was a powerful message. We have a future. We have a plan. But is it as good as God's? No. We need to submit. But most important of all, we must go to the cross. We have an opportunity tonight to come to these altars and come to the cross. Come to Jesus. Allow Jesus to have his way in your life. Allow him to help you with anything that is, that is troubling you. Allow him to heal you. Allow him to, to take you to that next step in your Christian walk. He will help you every step of the way. The song is 161. Won't you come and pray?